Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Hello, Patrick. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Dude, I'm doing really well. Good. I just... I just, I just saw Thor last night. Oh, well then, okay, so now we can talk, because before I, I didn't want to give anything away, so. I know, so we've got all to right. give the, so, <clears throat> so the tell listening me. audience a chance to spoils and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. First of all, everybody knows they're listening to the 30-something podcast because of the intro and all that other stuff, but um, but exactly. I, I am your host, John. This is Pat Canigallo. Hey, hey. So, uh, yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit about Thor. So you saw it last night. Yeah, so uh, Ko and I went to go see it, mm-hmm. and um, it was—it's uh, kind of funny because I, uh, you know, I said to him, um, and uh, I said to him like, here, you know, I'll pick up tickets and everything, and he's like, yep, sure, that's fine, and and he says, uh, and I and I said, look, when I when I get the seats, you know, do you like to sit anywhere in the theater, or is it like just avoid the front row? And he's like, yeah, just you know, he texts me back, he's like, yeah, just avoid the front row, and so I'm like, oh, okay, cool, easy enough, so. I go to buy the tickets and I double check to make sure I, you know, pick the ones I normally pick. And we get to the theater and uh, lo and behold, I did not pick the front row. Okay. I did not mess it up like that, Uh but I was like four rows back from the front row. And so as we got in and I got there, you know, we got there a little bit late. So we walked in and the previews were already just starting. And I leaned over, I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry about this. I, I, I thought we were like back on the other side of the wheelchair chairs mm-hmm. and I, I guess I got my thing reversed and he laughed and he's like no 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 that's fine he says as long as it's not absolute front row so I started feeling a little bad that I kind of pulled a jerk, a jerk move but then I'll tell you the new recliner seats because I saw you know I started kicking them back because mm-hmm. at first I'm like it was still close enough to the screen that um that uh you know I was kind of craning my head up to look yeah but then I just kicked that thing back in full recline yeah and it was literally like perfect yeah. I didn't have to move my head. I could just sit there. I could see the whole screen. And so I think I've got a new favorite place to sit in the movie theaters. Okay. Uh, by accident. So that was kind of, that was, you know, that was kind of the technical fundamental experience was, was getting in the chair, um, getting in the chair and realizing, okay, if I go the row in front of the wheelchair seats and then just crank the recliner all mm-hmm. the way back, it's like perfect. Yeah. And so see, that's, that was that's the thing. If I'm, if I'm, if I was going to get stuck sitting on the floor, I like to I like to to still sit a little bit further back. But if I was going to sit on the floor, I think I'd be fine with like last row on the floor. Um, but even then, they've since they've redone seats in so many theaters around the country, they've really taken mm-hmm. out a lot of those rows that were way too close to the screen. Right, and they've really kind of pushed right. everything back a little bit. So I I feel like even front row now I don't think is the same as front row when when you had old theater seats. Yeah, but exactly. especially the, as like you said, especially the reclining seats that helps. Yeah, it was it was it was literal, and I because like I said, I felt bad. You know, you buy tickets for a guy, right? And then he's just like, 
Yeah, whatever you do, not front row. Not, front not row. a problem. And then sure enough, I'm on the front row. Cool. You know, well, like, uh, oh. I got second row. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not front row. <laughs> but uh, no, so it was good. Um, okay, so you, were, yeah. so, so you were comfortable. So how was the movie once you were comfortable? Uh, well, it was so comfortable I fell asleep. No, I'm All kidding. Right. Uh, no, I was wide awake for the whole movie. And uh, oh, my gosh, what a... <laughs> I'm sorry, but what an awesome movie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was, you know, it was totally, and, and the way people were describing it was like, oh my gosh, it's like a harkens back to the 80s and all that. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about this is it harkened back to the 80s, not in terms of like, you know, kind of cheesy nostalgia or any of that kind of stuff. It was just like a movie made in the way that um, 80s movies were made. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you remember that band, The Darkness, that got popular a number of years ago. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they've done a whole bunch of tunes, but they did like, you know, I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Yep. And it's like a new movie, but, or I'm sorry, a new song, but totally done in the style of the 80s. And it's, it's, it's like, dude, that's what they did with this movie. I, I, oh my gosh, what a great, what a great flick. Yeah. It was outstanding. So what was your uh, what was your favorite part of the movie? Oh man, I don't know. If I was going to make you if I was going to make you narrow it down, what's your favorite part? Oh, it's it's um uh Oh jeez, I don't know. I mean, it's still what what was the quote in the movie? It's still pretty recent. Or, you know, yeah, lost so that's, my hammer. It's, uh, that happened that's, yesterday, so that's that's still pretty fresh. That's still pretty fresh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know from the from the little stuff like when uh, Hulk grabs Thor and smashes him around and Loki's like there now you know what that yeah. feels like you know <laughs> yeah um, Jeff Goldblum okay that's that's fine um, you know the way the thing the, the way it came together and you know the big fight scenes at the end with the immigrant song being played and all that that yeah. was that was pretty exciting. Um, Chris Hemsworth, man, that guy's got chops. That guy, that guy, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if there's, well, I don't know if there's a better way to say it, man. I like watching that guy on screen. Yeah. I mean, and he, and he can, he can pull off the comedy and innuendo. And I mean, that guy, that's, that's impressive. I mean, he's a funny guy. And I remember thinking he was really funny in Ghostbusters. And yeah. now in this, I mean, they, they've really, they're, they're really playing to his strengths with the Thor character. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, Dr. Strange, uh, uh, seeing those scenes in there, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty exciting. And, um, you know, just the way that the interplay between him and Loki. And what I thought was funny is that when Loki first shows up in the Avengers, they're kind of having a hard time dealing with him, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, but then like there's Stephen Strange, and you know Loki's like, okay, you think you're a wizard, and then whoop, oh well, he kind of fell through that little flaming doorway. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been so, falling for half an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and um, um, it shows the power of Doctor Strange, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm gonna go full geek out here, but it's like, you know. If, if, you, if you pull a Dungeons and Dragons reference, all the characters that we've kind of seen up to this point have all been like the, the, the fighter guys. 
And so it's like, yeah, I wonder what like a superhero that's like just totally magic and wizard and wizardry and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it was fun seeing that, that whole thing a little bit more. Um, but I mean, as far as the stuff with Thor, I mean, yeah, the combat sequences were cool. The stuff in the arena was cool. Um, his, his breakout was pretty, pretty neat when they're, when they're stealing the plane. And, oh yeah. Well that, then this is perfect. And he's just like the strongest Avenger, the best Avenger. Ah, oh, Tony. Point break. You know, <laughs> access granted. I'm like, yeah. dude, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm just going to go through and quote the whole, and, and just reference the whole thing. Yeah. You know, when, when, uh, when um, um, uh, Peter, Peter, um, Bruce Banner, I wanted to say Peter Banner. Yeah. Bruce, it's Peter Banning, Bruce Banner. When Bruce Banner looks at the, looks at the Valkyrie and just, or not the Valkyrie, looks at, Oh yeah, it was the Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. You want to know? You want to know where the Hulk is? Watch this, and he jumps yeah. off, and the next scene is him just bam Fun. on the bridge. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just uh, it, it was just a feel good, fun movie, and it, but it was different. It really, it just seemed to kind of harken into the movies that we're talking about now the, the the fun action parts of the movies from back in the day it just seemed to really tap into that yeah so. yeah i the more i've the more i've thought about that your movie, turn I, your I, turn you go ahead talk well man. i still i really enjoyed it like i really had a lot of fun mm -hmm. it was a really fun movie and i mentioned last time like some people were saying oh this is the best or this is the funniest marvel movie that's been made up to this point you know, I I still can't. I, I'm not going to say it's the best Marvel movie made, mm -hmm. and I'm not even going to say it's the funniest Marvel movie made. But it was a really fun movie. Like I had a lot of fun seeing this movie, and I definitely right. I don't I don't know if it'll be one that I buy on Blu-ray when it comes out. But you know, I, I have a feeling I'll definitely be watching this one again at some point. Um, yeah. The more I thought about it, there were a couple things about the movie that bothered me just a little bit. And I okay. think it's because of the style of the director. Um, okay. The director, and I'm going to completely butcher his name. Uh, it is... Um, I got to look it up because otherwise I'm going to absolutely mess up how you say his name. It's like... Uh, okay. Taika Waititi. Let's see if I can get it. Taika... Is it Waititi? Waititi? Hmm. He's from New Zealand, and mm -hmm. i that's probably how you say his name, but I probably completely butchered it. Anyway, right. um, he is, he also directed, um, there is a, like a horror comedy called What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen or heard of that one? I have not okay. either heard or seen. Okay. That one is, that one's very funny. Um, it is, it's supposed to be these three vampire roommates. Okay. And they are not very good at being vampires. Okay. And the whole thing is, is just how they go about living as vampires in the modern world. And, and it, it takes everything, you know, we've talked before about vampire movies and, and what it, you know, the tropes of, of vampire stories. And it takes every single one of those and makes fun of it. Mm -hmm. And it's done in like a documentary style. So it's a little bit like you're watching The Office or um, uh, what was that one called that they would do with all the roommates, The Real World? Yeah, okay. It's I a little that. bit like you're watching The Real World, but with vampires. 
Okay. And it's it's really really funny. I, it might be on Netflix still. It was on Netflix for a while. Uh, it might still be on there, but it's really funny. He was in that. He was one of the characters in that, and I think he might have directed that too. Um, but he's primarily uh, he's he's mostly a um, uh, comedy director. And so okay. when I heard he was going to be directing Thor, I'm like, oh well, yeah, definitely. There's going to be more comedy in this. Mm-hmm. Now there are a couple of times. The more I thought about the movie, there's a couple of times where they went for comedy and. It didn't really work. Okay, like, so so uh, lay them on me. Let me get get my get the gears turning. Yeah. So in particular, the rest of the Thor movies, and I know this is kind of a different tone from the other Thor movies. You know, the first one was um, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and you know you had okay. more of the you had more of the you know what Thor was kind of originally meant to be. You know, like the 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 uh, Norse warrior type thing and, mm-hmm. and you know how you had that whole backstory and you had the whole mythology and and it was more serious and then the second one a little bit darker not a great movie but you know a little bit darker movie but but still had the same kind of feeling to it and then this one strays really far into the comedy realm and mm-hmm. i i think the biggest problem that i had this would be kind of the biggest example of one of the only problem i really had with this movie was times where they used humor that they probably shouldn't have mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And and the one in particular that I'm thinking of is at the end. Um, you know, so spoiler alert: if anybody hasn't seen this movie yet, we're we're about to talk about the end of Thor Ragnarok. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, that's been enough time. Um, so if you're still listening, this is the end of Thor Ragnarok. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, <clears throat> his sister Hela has started Ragnarok, and it's going to destroy mm-hmm. Asgard. And they reach a point where they realize, you know what, Asgard can't really be saved. And then you get that whole thing with Odin saying, um, you know, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. And so then the idea mm-hmm. is, okay, well, fine, as long as we save the people, then, then Asgard still lives. My only problem with that is, Asgard is a place, and it has all of the, you know, it, it has... The, the Rainbow Bridge, it's got all of the trophies in Odin's Trophy Room. It's got all the locations that we think of in these last couple movies when we've seen Asgard. And mm-hmm. even if you want to go with Asgard as a people and not a place, that's totally fine. However, when your home explodes, that mm-hmm. it, it, it felt to me like if Princess Leia was watching Alderaan get blown up, because we watched that movie earlier today. It, it felt to me like if you watched Princess Leia, watch Alderaan get blown up, and then somebody cracked a joke right after the planet blew up. Okay. It's the same kind of thing. You know, they, that, I forget what that one rock character's name was, but he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, as, as long as the foundations are still there, it could be rebuilt, and then it explodes. He's like, yeah, nope, can't rebuild that. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much gone now. It was that. I mean, I had, I had no problem with the rest of the movie. There were just a few times where... And the humor was great. The humor was awesome. There were just a couple mm-hmm. times where I was like, you know what? Let's to make the other to make the humor be as impactful as it can be. There are some times where you'd need to just lay off the humor. Okay. You need to okay. have you know this is not this is a superhero movie and it's Thor and it's not really meant to be a comedy movie. It's meant to be an action movie that has comedy in it. But I almost mm-hmm. felt like they took. Like it was, it was a little bit too light and a little bit mm-hmm. too comedic at certain times. 
And that was the big one that cl- that uh, that was that was the big one that kind of yeah that was the big one that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was his planet just exploded. I mean, mm-hmm. any other story, watching Alderaan explode in Star Wars, if you had like Krypton exploding in a Superman movie, if you, I mean, if somebody's home was totally destroyed, for mm-hmm. somebody to crack a joke and then everybody's just like, oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just we'll go on with our lives and we're not gonna we're not gonna shed a tear or do anything else. Or, so I, that was probably the the one thing I had the biggest problem with was gotcha. just was just the comedy. There were times that the comedy was used that I felt like. You know, because part, part of comedy is knowing when to use it and when not to use it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt like that, was a, that should have been a very dramatic moment that this, this famous location from Marvel Comics, Asgard, is gone and it's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've spent three movies getting to know this location. We probably should spend a moment mourning it in some way. Even if this is a movie that's meant to be a little bit more lighthearted and fun, that should be a serious moment. Right. But that was really my only, I mean, other than a couple of other little things, that was really my biggest criticism of the movie. Otherwise, I loved it. Yeah, no, I remember, and I don't want to just fixate on the negatives, but I remember there were a couple things that you said, you know, it was pretty much okay to take the kids, uh, except there were a couple things that were like, eh. Now, was it, <clears throat> was it the violence? Just that, you know, it was kind of comic booky violence, and then all of a sudden, you know, there were a couple of scenes, and again... I should have probably given spoilers before I started my little thing at the beginning, but we are talking spoilers of Thor, so I don't want to... Okay, there was my pause. There you go. Um, You know, was it like where they came through the... the, What is it, the Bifrost? Is that what that, like, jump portal is? Yeah, the rainbow bridge with the portal to the... Yeah, the Bifrost. Yeah, yeah. and they came through that whole thing, and then suddenly his buddies, you know, uh, uh, Hela's, like, chucking knives and taking out his buddies and all i mean was it those little little snippets of violence that you kind of uh, ran up against or was there some other stuff you know it wasn't even it wasn't even that part i think the part that and and i noticed that the the kids in particular like i could see them kind of jump when it happened was more of um when thor lost his eye oh yeah like that i mean for and I don't want to. I don't want to make light of you know. Hey, as many supporting characters can die as they want, but when the main character gets hurt, that's a big deal. But it kind of is because you're going to see this hero, and you know it's like you don't. We don't tend to mourn over the death of every stormtrooper or rebel soldier or whatever. But if somebody shoots Princess Leia, it's a big deal. Or mm-hmm. if, if somebody runs a lightsaber through Han Solo, it's a big deal because that's our mm-hmm. big character. And so the other stuff really didn't. It really didn't phase me or the kids as much, but the point at which they're in that fight and all of a sudden, you know, Thor loses his eye, then mm-hmm. I could I could see both of the kids. I mean, they weren't they weren't traumatized by it, but they were like, Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And so I don't know, I just yeah. that was that was something I, I I don't know what I would have done about it, but I was like, Yeah, I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, oh well, that's okay. Got it. And they still loved it. it, and they they you know they still enjoyed the movie, and and nobody's had nightmares because of it, and mm-hmm. so I think I think we're okay. But yeah. yeah, overall, really fun movie. Definitely, it'd be fun to go back and watch the first one, you know, because and that's what I kind of bumped into is like, oh yeah, that's right, all the Norse mythology, because a lot of it originally was, um, you know, taken from the perspective of 
of the, you know, Earth people, you know, and what they thought of the Asgardians. It's been cool to explore that more, but then it's like, yeah, but how fresh would that movie have been if, you know, you got to change it up. I mean, that's kind of the whole conundrum of sequels. You know, you, you want it to be the same, but it can't be. Right. I, you know, one of the other things I, I kind of wish they had spent a little bit of time on was uh, the fact that Hella was his sister. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of, you know, she just showed up and, and I, I forget whether it was Odin that said it or whether somebody else revealed it. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is, uh, this is his firstborn. This is Odin's firstborn. She's your sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. She in the comics. Now I don't read. I don't read the Thor comics, and I really never have. But my understanding is from the comics that's not Hela is not Thor's sister. Okay. So that was something they switched up for the movie. And my thought was once I found that out, I was like, oh, well then, I kind of feel like you should have done more with it if you were going to make this a, if you're going to make this a thing about you know family. If we're going to have that talk between Odin and Loki and Thor and have this be the you know the father talking to his two sons and really, you know, either healing or bridging that relationship, and then all of a sudden you throw in a sister they never knew about, then I kind of felt like they didn't do a whole lot with her being his, his sister. Right. I was like, I, I quit. If, if you're going to do that, if you're going to make the villain, you know, if you're going to throw that in there and say, hey, it's Thor's sister, then maybe do a little bit more to develop that or make the, not that the fight at the end wasn't personal, but I don't know, just do a little bit more with it, I think. Got it. You know, but nobody's nobody's knocking down my door to have me write the screenplay for Thor four. So. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and it's uh, well, it, it, yeah. So that's that's interesting, man. It, it 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 interesting points and interesting to hear kind of what you, uh, as Jeff would say, what you bumped on. Now, has Mizuka seen uh, this or not? You know, I don't know. I don't remember if he's seen Thor or not. Okay. Yeah. Now, the one he has seen, should we segue into that? Yeah, let's segue. So, yeah, yeah, Thor, fun movie, awesome. I loved it. All right, so we'll segue real quick because we have not seen this next one, but Jeff has. Uh, so we'll just mm-hmm. say, we'll just go real quick into what Jeff said about it, and then we can get on into our, our 80s movie that we're doing this time. Um, Sounds good. And uh, so Jeff went to go see Justice League, and we've talked before, and I have said I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all of my favorite characters, because I'm a DC guy. I, I still love Marvel, but I'm a DC guy at heart. And so mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to seeing, you know, I, I've been looking forward to seeing Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in a good movie together. And, it, and you know, this will be the first one. So um, you're also going to throw in Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, I'm, you know, been burned a couple of times on, on some of the DC movies. So cautiously optimistic. Then when I started to look on Twitter the other day, when with like the first round of critics had been able to go see the movie, but they couldn't really write about it yet, all people could put mm-hmm. up is, is they could either just say they liked it or they didn't like it, but they couldn't go into detail because they weren't allowed to by the, the studios just yet. And when I looked on Twitter, it was almost all positive. And I was like, that's a good sign. That's outstanding. I am really glad that mm-hmm. it, was, it was positive reviews. And then... When other people, when they started to be able to, when, when the studio said, okay, you can, you can release some more details or you can write your reviews and do your other stuff now, then other people started to come out and it was almost all negative. Yeah. It's like, you're kidding, yeah. you're kidding me. Okay. <laughs> and suddenly you're on a roller coaster. Right. So you're, you're on the roller coaster again. And then 
I think I saw today that that during this first weekend, its opening weekend, it didn't make anywhere near the amount of money its opening weekend that they had hoped it would make. I think they said it made like ninety six thousand or ninety six million dollars. Ninety six thousand mm-hmm. would have been horrible. Um, ninety six million, which is not. I don't remember what they were hoping it would make, but much more than than ninety six million. So, mm-hmm. you know, so the box office doesn't sound good for it, but. I usually, in some of our conversations with Jeff, and you know, Jeff obviously is one of our co-hosts here on the show. Yep. yep. And in our conversations, Jeff, you know, I don't always agree with some of Jeff's criticisms of, especially some of the superhero movies. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of feel like at heart, he and I are pretty close in terms of what we like about a movie and what we expect or hope for a movie. And yeah, I, I would I would concur. Yeah, and and I kind of and I feel like and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm I'm saying this in a positive way. I feel like Jeff might be a little bit more critical about some of these movies than I am. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Jeff texted us last night and said, "Hey guys, Justice League was a lot of fun." Yeah. When when he's excited yeah. about it, when he was happy to see it, when he was thrilled with how much fun he had watching that movie then that pretty much took everything, you know, you could, I could read all the Twitter comments and the reviews on the internet, but the fact that, you know, Jeff, somebody whose opinion about movies I respect is, and uh, has, you know, I think sometimes has a little bit more of a, a critical eye towards the, the quality of a story and, and other stuff, you know, sometimes right. I'm, I'm willing to just walk blindly in and just be like, ah, whatever, I can, mm-hmm. I can be entertained by this and, and not, uh, not fully care about the story and all that other stuff. But, um, you know, somebody who's, opinion I respect in terms of movies, the fact that he's excited about it, and, and he and I have very similar opinions about Batman versus Superman and, and some of those other movies, that now I feel a whole lot better about going to see it. Cool. Cool. And you and I are going to go see it on Tuesday, so. Yes. Actually, yes. By, we'll be able we to, we will have seen it by the time this, we'll do a little time travel here, by the time this episode comes out, we will have seen it yesterday. I know. Did you love I it? I know. I'm so you know what? I'm I am so excited for yesterday. Yeah, it was um, it 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 it, uh, uh, it it was it was going to be awesome. I preemptively loved it. Yes, that's exactly it, man. <laughs> totally remember a garbage can. And when, remember yeah. a garbage can. When will then be now? No kidding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so I don't know that we need to say too much more about Justice League, but that was just kind of the you know Jeff wanted us to since he wasn't going to be able to make it tonight um, to record with us, we, he wanted us to share a, a spoiler free, yay! I'm excited. This was a good thing. Uh, this was a fun movie uh, opinion yes. on here. So so thank you for letting well, us good. know, Jeff, and and now we're excited to go see it. Yes, yes, that was that was very cool. Yeah, and it was it was funny because it was like. I don't know, 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night when all these texts were flying around. Mm-hmm. And I was texting back and forth with K.O. just kind of recapping the movie. And I think he went home and like read some of the IMDb um, trivia stuff because that's what I was looking for. And so we were texting back and forth about, hey, did you notice this in Thor? And did you notice this? Wasn't this cool? And this was awesome. And then all of a sudden I started having this other texting stream from Masuka. Yeah. And you and that, it was like, guys dc you know and he was going off about how awesome that was and it was just like dude this is an exciting time to be us yeah so i am absolutely looking forward to it all right well should we uh should we jump into baby boom yeah man i think i think it's time to do baby boom let's do it 
All right. So very, very quickly, uh, we do, we've already kind of spoiled stuff, but uh, we spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you have not seen Baby Boom yet and you want to go check it out, feel free to go grab that, take a look at it, and then come on back. Um, if you have not before, if you're enjoying the show and if you listen to us regularly, uh, please feel free to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. That's one way to let us know how we are doing. Uh, you know, if you... If you feel like there's something else you'd like to hear in the show, or if we're doing just fine, then feel free to go ahead and leave us a review on there. We'd really, really appreciate that. Um, doesn't take very long, and we that just is a way for uh, us to know how we're doing and for other people to find out about the show. So, yeah. So uh, thank, thank any, you for uh, those. Any new reviews, John? Or we, I mean, we don't. We haven't had any new reviews things. lately. So we've got a we got a couple okay. on there. We got a few reviews on there, but not any lately. So if if you have not right. put in a review on iTunes people that are out there please feel free yeah. to go ahead and do that because then that uh you know that allows more people to find out about the show and then more people and yeah. as it was in wayne's world they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on um exactly so yeah so we're gonna jump on in we're gonna let's let's do a little time travel we already time traveled from today to yesterday so we could have seen justice league yesterday now i, I just got myself confused um but we're gonna time travel back even further Let's go to 1987. And I on, think 87 is the, that's almost, the place. We're almost done with 87. <sighs> that's Hard to of, fathom. Kind of a weird feeling. But yeah, so this one came out uh, 9th of October, 1987. Baby Boom is the one we're talking about this time. Uh, it was rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 50 minutes. Directed by Charles Shire, who also did the Father of the Bride movies and Alfie. Uh, produced by Nancy Myers. And so Shire and Myers were actually married to each other while this movie was out. Um, Nancy Myers, who also produced Private Benjamin, The F uh, Father of the Bride, and Something's Gotta Give. Writers for this one were Nancy Myers and Charles Shire. She also wrote The Parent Trap, The Intern, and Something's Gotta Give. He also wrote Smokey and the Bandit and Private Benjamin. Cinematography was done by William A. Fraker, who died in 2010. He also did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rosemary's Baby, and Tombstone. Uh, he was either the cinematographer, the director of photography, or on the... Um, uh, camera crew for w w those movies. Music was mm -hmm. done by Bill Conti, who also did the Rocky movies, the Karate Kid movies, and Masters of the Universe. Budget for this one was fifteen million. Box office was twenty six million. Oh, good for them! So yeah, it did uh, made its money back. Uh, Diane Keaton played J.C. Wyatt. She was in the Godfather movies, Annie Hall, and the Father of the Bride movies. Sam Shepard, who died in twenty seventeen, died this year. Played Dr. Jeff Cooper. He was in The Right Stuff, Steel Magnolias, and Black Hawk Down. Harold Ramis, who died in 2014, played Stephen Buckner. He was in Ghostbuster, the Ghostbusters movies, SCTV, and Stripes. Uh, the baby, the toddler, Elizabeth Wyatt, was played by um, Christina Kennedy and Michelle Kennedy, uh, two like 17, 18-month-old twins, played the one baby. Uh, the only other thing they were in was the Baby Boom TV series that came out right after this. Sam Wanamaker died in 1993. He played Fritz Curtis, the boss. He was in Superman 4, Private Benjamin, and Raw Deal. James Spader played Ken Ehrenberg. He was in Avengers, Age of Ultron, Stargate, and Boston Legal. Pat Hingle, who died in 2009, played Hughes Larrabee. He was in the Batman movies and The Land Before Time as the narrator. Rotten Tomatoes gave, critics gave this one a 78%. Audience gives it a 62%. Uh, Jason McKiernan of FilmCritic.com said, Keaton is fabulous in roles like this where she plays the nervous, infectiously spastic independent woman who has needs, particularly when they are written with equal parts, gushy sweetness, and savage wit by Nancy Myers. 
Cinema Score gave this one a B plus. The awards for this one, it was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Comedy or Musical, and also nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress. All right, here is the. I tried to pare this one down. I'm gonna. I don't think I can get this one in 30 seconds. But here's the 30 something 30 second summary. We'll Ready? see. Okay. JC is the anti-Dolly Parton and has no time for romance or leisure since she works five to nine as a management consultant. She also lives with an investment banker, Stephen, who's just as busy. Things are about to get even crazier when she somehow inherits a toddler from a dead cousin who's also a terrible parent and will just give their child to any relative they haven't seen in over 30 years. JC tries to put put her up for adoption but realizes she's grown attached to Elizabeth. Stephen can't handle this new direction life is taking and leaves JC. She starts having more trouble at work after landing a huge account when taking care of Elizabeth proves to be more than she bargained for. She gets taken off the food chain account and ultimately quits. She moves to the country and apparently uses the same real estate agent from the money pit because the house is a disaster. She meets a local veterinarian, Jeff, who becomes her new love interest. She gets the idea to sell all natural baby food she'd been making for Elizabeth when the food chain wants to buy her product for millions of dollars. She considers, but then realizes making it on her own with her new family is more important. That was more than 30 seconds, but I think that's okay. I think uh, that was hauling pretty good. I think you could was, get a special exemption. I was, uh, you know? was, was doing my best on that one. but All right, well, here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. I need the P&Ls on Atlantic Overseas. I also need the latest ZBBs and PBBs. And, Robin, I want you to get me the CEO of IBC ASAP. not really great with living things. I think you are. You want to make love? Are you telling me that I inherited a baby from a cousin I hadn't seen since 1954? Your baby just barfed all Look, over my this boss. Is, this is not my baby. I, I'm, I went to Yale and Harvard. I don't have children. I can still count on you seven days a week, 48 oh, hours a day. Of course. I mean, I'm not going to turn into Irma Bombeck. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I will teach your daughter to properly respect a man. Oh, I... Bon appetit. I just want to turn on the faucet to have water. I don't want to know where it's coming from! I am a tough, cold career woman who has absolutely nothing in common with a veterinarian from Hadleyville. All right, so not a whole lot of background for this one. Uh, JC in the movie, so Diane Keaton's character, JC, works at Sloan Curtis Advertising, which is the same firm in the movie What Women Want with Helen Hunt and um, uh, Mel Gibson. That was also a film directed by the writer of Baby Boom, Nancy Myers. This was also, uh, I had already mentioned that writer-producer Nancy Myers and writer-director Charles Shire were married when this film was made and released. And then the last thing I have is just a little comment that this was part of a mini collection of um, role reversal comedies in the mid to, 19, uh, mid to early 1980s. And that would be Mr. Mom in 1983, Baby Boom in 87, and Three Men and a Baby from 87. Our, our typical first question, uh, is this your first time watching it? 
Uh, yeah, totally first time watching the movie, and it's another one I, I really didn't know anything about. So, so what did, you, what did, what did you think? What did you think first time watching it? I, you know what? I liked it. I, it was a cute little movie, and um, um, I, I, you know, definitely not as we as we got done talking about Thor Ragnarok. Definitely not my my go to genre of movie. But you know, I, I thought it was pretty cute. And, um, you know, I thought it was uh, interesting to take a look at a main character of a woman that's, you know, kind of at the top of her game in, in corporate America, corporate sales 30 years ago, and then seeing how she deals with, um, you know, having to take care of a kid and how that fits in with that life and, and everything like that. And, and they, really, they really didn't explore that very deeply. Um, they really didn't explore that much at all. It was just kind of used as a you know, it was just a part of the story to get her away from the firm. So, but then, but, but what I think applied to me is that, you know, I'm a parent. So it was kind of fun seeing her go through, you know, the crash course of, oh my gosh, I got to raise this kid and dealing with that. And, um, you know, Harold Ramis's freak out, you know, wasn't he screaming when all of a sudden he looked and, and the baby came walking over or, or couch surfing over to his stuff. And then he like jumps and screams. So, you know, that was mm -hmm. kind of cute seeing that and i think i think if uh if i had seen this if we had done this nine years ago you know before my kids were born then i, I probably would have been a little bit more eh, on the movie but uh having that parent connection it was kind of fun seeing that portrayed yeah you know in the vein of a three men and a little baby yeah i like the the the, the one line now look, there's nothing in the world to get uptight about we are two summa cum laude's we can handle one little baby for eight hours Right. Yeah, no. This, <laughs> and, and, and right, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. The famous last words. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is not the first time I've seen this movie. It's probably the second time I've seen this movie. Because okay. I, re I remember watching it at some point back in the 80s. I don't know why. You know, this maybe the fact that it had a baby in it. Um, but just because my parents might have just rented it thinking, oh, this is just something cute with a baby in it. Um, right. You know, because it does kind of fit in along those same lines as like a Mr. Mom and a Three Men and a Baby and, and those type of like the Look Who's Talking movies and mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So if, you know, if that's if that's your cup of tea, if that's the kind of movies that you like, then this one will fit right in there with it. But, you know, this is not one if we if we didn't have it on the list for 1987 movies to do for the podcast, I probably would not go watch this movie again. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like you said, it's entertaining. I think it's only entertaining for the fact that the 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 entertainment meat of this movie is just watching her try to do all the things that we have done or have experienced in some way as parents. And right. I, I would imagine as a kid when I saw this movie, what was funny about it was watching the adults freak out over a baby. Right. As an adult watching it, it was just a, oh, yeah, no, you, you totally shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea. Right. Right. You know, it was just kind of the, yeah, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I've done that before and, uh, learned yeah. that the hard way. Yeah. And it, it's more of a, you know, it maybe is a, is a little bit less of a, I don't want to say if it's a little bit less of a comedy, more of a, um, maybe a, a parenting, a parenting escapist movie. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was kind of just, to, just, just to say, you yeah. know, hey, this is a movie. I know it's fiction, so I'm okay to laugh at you know mistakes that I have myself made that I probably didn't laugh at at the time. Um, mm -hmm. But this actually gives me a, a way to laugh at those type of things in the confines of a fictional movie. Right, right. 
but yeah, I, you know, I don't even know. I, I don't want to say that I don't like this movie. I just, this movie for me is just meh. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it's entertaining. It's not one I'm going to go back to. It's, if I was going to, and see, the other problem is within this genre of baby movies and, and like mom or dad type movies from the 80s, if I was going to recommend one, then definitely uh, Three Men and a Baby and Mr. Mom, those are definitely going to come before this one. So, Right. Right. And, and maybe, maybe we're, you know, hitting this from the, I mean, maybe this, maybe from a female perspective, you know, I don't know, I got to show it to Tammy and see, you know, maybe... You know, because it's it's from the mom's perspective, you know, maybe, you know, she would like that more. And then me being a guy, maybe that's why, like, Mr. Mom or, although that was more of a family movie in reality. That wasn't like, you know, people thrown in trying to raise a baby. That that was, that Mr. Mom was a little different, but like Three right. Men and a Baby. Maybe that was different and I liked it better because, hey, it had three men and, you know, and, and maybe it was as simple as the gender thing. Right. Um, the story in that one, I think the, the comedy fired on a little, you know, on a few more cylinders than in this. Um, the, the, you know, that movie was, yeah, and that's kind of what the, the underpinning of that was these three guys and there was the comedy. And then the, and then the big thing was that, you know, the final big scene was, was uh, more you know, action oriented, you know, they, they had to get the bad guys and get them in the crime and get the police to arrest them. And they trapped them in the elevator or whatever it was. And, right. you know, that had a little bit more of an action connotation. Whereas this one, you know, it, comedy wasn't really the, the, the central part of what the story was. It was more just her kind of figuring her life out after being abandoned. And then the end was, you know, her standing up for herself. Yeah. Not to say that that's not an empowering message, but for me, I mean, you know, I kind of prefer watching the final scene where the bad guys got guns and we trap them and, you know, Bob's your uncle and we're all good to go. So I, I think that's why this one just, it, it maybe just didn't, uh, maybe just didn't tip the scales as much as those other ones did. Yeah. Well, and I was wondering too, I mean, this is a, I feel like this, this whole, the role reversal of, and, and you and I have talked about this before both on the podcast and off the podcast, you know, the, the idea of people still thinking that like a, a dad can't take care of the children mm-hmm. or, you know, that this I think is a very, is a very eighties movie in that way. Um, yeah. just like I think in a lot of ways, Mr. Mom is the same thing. And I was wondering the other day after watching this again, I, I was wondering, I wonder, I wonder what movies today would be able to replicate this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't think of any, when I think of like parenting movies today, I think of like, um, you know, you see the movies like uh, the Bad Moms movie uh, that yeah. came out and there's like the Bad Moms Christmas. There's the, um, what's the other one? This, uh, what's the one with Will Ferrell? Is it called Stepdads? It's the one with like him step-brothers. and the step, well, they're stepbrothers. What's the one, um, Oh shoot! It's him and oh, uh, where, um, Mark Wahlberg uh, or Don- uh, Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. forget what that one's. That that one's not. No, Grown Ups is something different. No, I know which one. Yeah, you're talking you know about, which one I'm talking about. Though the the new one is coming out. It's got John Lithgow and uh, Mel Gibson are the grandfathers. Okay. Yeah, but I I was kind of wondering. I'm like, 
could you remake this movie today? I don't think you could. I don't think you could with the same scenario because I think in the mid eighties, mid to late eighties, this was still, you know, having the, the career woman who's also a mother. I think that was still fairly new mm-hmm. or, or groundbreaking, especially somebody who's more of a kind of a yuppie type character. Like she's supposed to be for somebody to be that high right. powered, uh, of a, of an employee. And yet, you know, try to make the time for a family and a child and, and all that other stuff. I kind of feel like that was a newer concept at that point. Right. So, well, yeah. And I mean, and it, again, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, she ended up pregnant or, oh my gosh, you know, this is your long lost daughter or something. I mean, it was, right. it was kind of still a, a trite story of, well, this kid just got dropped on you. And so, I mean, a lot of it is taken up not with her necessarily trying to figure things out or trying to be, you know, a mother. It was just kind of a lot of the initial stuff was her just being frazzled, like, well, I don't know how to handle this. And I it's like, what, so you're bringing the baby to work or it's, yeah. in, in, you know, it's mess. It's getting in the way of your important board meetings and all that. And I just kind of found myself thinking more practically, like, okay, well, if this is going to happen, you know, you just, you just figure a way through, Yeah. you know, you just get through like, and I mean, there's been times, you know, it was the weekend of band contest, right? And I mean, you know, uh, let's just say disease was running rampant through the Canagallo house. Mm. And Tammy was in no condition to like get Dominic to school and get him to uh, daycare and all that. So it was like the day of, you know, band contest. That's kind of a big deal. And you're trying to move kids and get them, you know, and focus right. on that. And it was like, okay, this is huge. How are we going to do this? And that was a case of Dominic came in with me for jazz band and you know, sat at my desk and I was checking on him while I was doing jazz band, while I was doing this, kind of bouncing back and forth. And then we had to go. And it's like, you know, and so I kind of found myself thinking of that as, okay, I'm sure this would happen on a day to day where, you know, okay, the baby's eating your notes and all this kind of stuff. But if it really was an important, like pivotal career meeting, you're going to make sure that you got someone to watch the kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, those just seemed a little, not forced, but, you know, a little bit like Hollywoodized, a little bit of um, embellished to make the movie more entertaining. I, I fell right into the practical side of, okay, well, how are you going to solve this problem? You know? Yeah. I did like what was one of the other quotes in the movie. It was like, I can't have a baby. I have a 12.30 lunch meeting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I kind of, I mean, I kind of felt like, I definitely felt like this was a a distinctively mid-80s movie. That, you know, nowadays the the sensibilities are, and, and I think nowadays you have more, it wouldn't be as much of an issue nowadays because, you know, companies are having to, accommodate more for families and you know you've got a lot of businesses that that you know back in the 80s wouldn't have had like a daycare in the in the business right uh, but now right. they've got you know child that. care facilities and they've got you know feeding rooms for you know moms that have to work and and uh you know stuff like that i think now we've got so many different accommodations and and companies are more aware of family dynamics and and how busy people are and and so i kind of feel like this story is really, it's, it's not a story anymore as of 2017. Right. 
Right. So, I mean, there's I mean, there, then, 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 then there's the positive part of it. We've made enough progress that something that's kind of a quaint little story in 1987 is now not so much a thing. You know, there, there's all kinds of other things we can worry about, but uh, trying right. to trying to have your career and your family at the same time is is not necessarily one of them as much as it would have been right. back then. Well, now now the focus is wow, career is intruding too much into family time. You know. Right put down the cell phone during family time, close the computer, you know, because there's so much technology is able to make work intrude in the family right. dynamic. And, right. and I think, you know, and I think you've, people are starting to realize that, oh, well, family's important. And, you know, working, you know, 80 hours a week on your job, that's not healthy. Right. You know, that that's slowly but surely starting to set in. So in, in five and years, you know, in five years, we get a movie where, the the uh, the adult in the family has a family and they have their kids and then someone drops a job on them. Yeah, that's a, what it, do you do? It'll, it'll be the opposite. What do you do? Yeah, it, well, and you know, like all those guys were like, you know, not one of them was, not one of them was was um, grandfatherly at all. Like each right. one looked at the baby like, oh my gosh, you know. And I think, I think that maybe you'd see a little bit more movement after 30 years with that. You know, like one of those old crusty execs might be, oh my gosh, I remember when my kids were the, you know, or yeah. my grandson kids are all blah, 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 blah. You know, like everyone likes to have the baby back by the lump stage, you know, and wants right. to take a turn with it and everything. Um, you know, and, but I, I'm sure there are people out there that still hold on to that old paradigm of, well, you know, men don't take care of the kids and men don't take care of the babies and business is a, is a man's world, you know? And so, so, you know, that's a completely foreign concept to them. Yeah. Um, so let me, so this one kind of, uh, kind of unrelated to the movie, but um, cause I don't know, I don't know that we have a whole lot more to say about the movie. I mean, we just, kind well, of, it, it was, it was entertaining. You know did, did you have something else? I, I well, I do. Yeah. And it's kind of like it, piggybacking off of that. I was watching the movie and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is kind of fun and okay. Um, you know, and I liked seeing, uh, what the heck was the guy's name? I keep wanting to say Jeff Goldblum because we're talking about Thor, but who's the, who is the, her, the love interest? Oh, Harold, Chuck Harold Ramos. from the right stuff. What was that? Oh, no, no, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. Yeah. It was fun seeing him in this role. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back, I've seen him in The Right Stuff, and I saw him in Black Hawk Down. So seeing him in this role was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought he did a good job with it. But I was very confused with the movie, and I don't want to say it dragged on, and I don't want to take a knock on it. But uh, I thought Diane Keaton's acting job, I think you mentioned she was nominated for an award. Yeah. I could totally see that. I, I really thought she did a, did a great job in this, um, <clears throat> in this film. But uh, listen to me like I'm some acting talent guy. I thought she did a really, she does a great job in all her movies. I can't act worth a darn. But anyways, I thought she did really well in this film. But in the middle, I got, I don't want to say confused, but I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? I mean, at first it's, okay, she's got to function as a single parent. Yeah. And everyone abandons her. And I mean, you know, Egon Spengler walks out the door and he was kind of a, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a jerk move. Yeah. I'm not signed up for this. Well, right. okay. So you, you know, whatever. And you know, it's, it's kind of dealing with the, the jerky side of business and everything like that. 
then she just picks up and heads off into the country. And it was like, well, oh, okay, yeah. are, are it, you getting back to your roots? Like, that, that didn't seem to make much sense. It really and did. Then, like, you, yeah, it really, it's, it almost seemed like it was two shorter movies crammed together. Exactly. And you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh. And, and it was like, then the house. And then you had all those scenes that were like, okay, it's going to cost this much and the only plumber in town. And that was kind of cute, you know, when he's just like, you know, well, I guess it would be a couple thousand bucks. And, you know, and well, I, you can't give you an estimate. Okay, well, just guess, you know, and okay, that was funny. But again, it's just like, well, okay, so is now this is what the movie's about? Mm-hmm. And then it transfers into, okay, well, that's how she met her love interest and how she rediscovered her roots or what. I, and then it was like, okay, well, why did they have that whole piece into the movie? Okay, well, she discovers the baby food and everything like that. But even like the baby food, that was, I mean, was that like she was changing up her life and rediscovering, you know, who she was as a person? Well, no, because she gave up the New York life and she decided to keep the kid and not put it up for adoption. So it's not like she went through some big change. Right. It's not like she was a crappy parent that suddenly decided, well, I'm going to, you know, get out there and really do it up. And so she switched her parenting and suddenly they were happy. She was always, you know, getting along with the kid and she always cared for this. I guess it would be her second cousin or whatever it was. She cared for, for her adopted daughter pretty darn well. So it was like that whole middle part of the movie was the setup for the uh, baby food. And all that was, was a setup for her to stand up to the, you know, to the corporate headhunters. Yeah. And so it was like, wow, that was, that was an awful lot of added movie just for a, just for a setup, you know? Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, I had forgotten. I was going to say the same thing. Was it really, it felt okay. like it was two shorter movies that got crammed together. Cause yeah. it just, it didn't, it felt like it knew what it was going to be. And then halfway through the movie, it was like, man, eh, now we're, we're going to switch gears here. And now we're going to be a combination, uh, the money pit and, uh, you know, I, every uh, every millennial's dream of you know making food for your baby and then realizing that could be a business that you could start and and sustain yourself and yeah I, yeah which, which again the whole idea of her making her own baby food and then starting that as her business i feel like that's you know that's not even a story anymore because i kind of feel like there, there, i mean there's a lot of our friends that have um i've got at least four five people that I know that I'm friends with on Facebook and that, that I actually know in real life too, who, mm-hmm. um, they started some type of an online business because they were making clothes for their own kids. Like they were making their mm-hmm. own, um, unique clothing or they were making their own baby bibs or they were making superhero capes for their kids. Um, and then they right. just decided, oh, I'll just do that as a business. So, you know, I kind of feel like that whole thing, that also would not be a story worth putting into a movie unless there was some kind of a twist to it in 2017 because yeah like everybody's making their own stuff and trying to start a business with it now right so right. i think it's I, I think that's one of the things about this movie that you know we watch some of these movies and we you know we used to always ask the question does this movie hold up you know 30 years mm-hmm. later and i think maybe as an entertaining look at somebody who's not a parent trying to struggle through parenting just like um you know just like 
Raising Arizona and um, Three Men and a Baby and those type of movies, I think it's good for that, and I think that part holds up. But then some of the other stuff in the movie is just like, ah, you know, nowadays that's not so big of a deal. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of quaint and cute, but you know, it, it's not going to push that movie to the top of your watch list. Right, right. And and if you do find those things are still holding up, you know, like businesses not tolerating families and. Uh, then they're in the wrong. They're the jerks. It's not that, you know, the worker is, oh, well, what did you expect? You know, you can't expect to have a family in a bit. No, if you do find those things, the, the businesses are the ones that are in the wrong, mm-hmm. I think, in terms of the court of public opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe it could have been an hour and a half movie. We could have gotten rid of about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it would have flowed a lot better. All right, so here's, uh, here's my kind of related follow-up question. Okay, um, all, right. all right. Movies that, and I'm trying to think if I want to, let's, uh, let's confine this to 1987 then. And I'm going okay. to give you five different options here. Um, okay. and, and there might be more. So if you think of another one that's not one of these five options, then you tell me. Uh, what is your favorite movie from 1987 that prominently features a baby? And I, and I can give you the five that I've got here, and then you can, if you want to, if you think of another one, then you can okay. uh, feel free to throw that in there. Uh, we've got baby, okay. we've got baby boom, we've got three men and a baby, we've got dirty dancing, uh, we've got raising Arizona, and we've got adventures in babysitting. Three men and a baby. That's okay. So all, all of those, that's your top one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it just because it, it incorporates everything? that you would want in a movie. It's got the comedy, it's got the action, it's got a, uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a sting operation with the cops. And yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that's, I think that says it best. Okay. I mean, adventures in babysitting is really good, but I, I don't know that I don't necessarily always go in for the whole teen drama aspect. And there was enough of that there that it was just like, okay, that's, that's good. But yeah. you know, teen misadventures aren't necessarily my thing. So, okay. I, uh, the three men and a baby definitely would get the nod on that. Okay. What about you? I, I think I got to go, uh, raising Arizona. Okay. There you go. Of of those. I mean, I, I just really like that movie anyway, but of those, of those options, I think that's still, that's still going to be my favorite. Cool. Yeah. Uh, every, every time I think about that movie, you mean you all busted out of jail? No, ma'am. We released ourselves on our own recognizance. Yes, that is a great line. What Evel here is trying to say is that we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about Baby Boom? I, not, not really. Okay. I mean, I don't want to beat on the movie. And, no. And again, I, you know, I think it was well acted. Yeah. And I mean, all the scenes, all the scenes were good. I mean, all that, that stuff that I said, well, you could have just cut it out. I mean, it wasn't like they were bad scenes. I think you read through the producers and the movie makers. I mean, it was a, kind of a group of luminaries there that had done some really good movies. And it just, this, you know, this one was a little bit more vanilla, you know? Yeah. This one was a little bit more mid-pack for my, uh, yeah. for my taste. I, for, yeah, for, for us in particular, and I think the movies that we tend to like, this one doesn't, there's not much that I think pushes this one to the top of the pile. Right. Doesn't make it a bad movie, but just doesn't push it to the top of the pile for us. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it then for Baby Boom. Um, so mm-hmm. you know what we should what I should have talked about, which I think we're we're about out of time. So we let's talk about it for just a second. Um, yeah. You know the the Baby Boom being like the Baby Boom generation. Mm-hmm. Then we had the baby boomers, and and then you've got Generation X. Have you heard the name for what our generation is supposed to be? We're like. Uh, did we talk about? The, did we right? talk about this on the podcast? I think so. I think we might have the Xennials. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I don't remember. We probably talked about this in the podcast, but I, it probably was a little while ago, so I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about that? Well, so I get confused about the whole X and Y Z and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I seriously thought that millennials were like our students. Yeah. I, I thought that's kind of, that's kind of what I thought too. born after, but then it just shows what I know about, you know, classifications of generations and all that kind of stuff. Cause I heard that that's in fact not the case, but the ones that are like supposed to be what, like we're knocking on the door of being millennials. Right. Yeah. Apparently. Cause my sister who was born in 83 keeps getting labeled as a millennial. Okay. And actually, even even uh, even Sharon, my wife, who's the same age I am, gets labeled as a millennial, and you know, I I think sometimes I get labeled as that too, and I'm like, I'm not a, <laughs> I, I really right. don't for for what you you know, the characteristics that you label millennials as, I'm like, I don't really feel like I fit in with with that side of things. I mean, I picture. I picture millennials as being people like in their in their twenties, not maybe not yet in their thirties, like my brother. I kind of picture mm-hmm. his age and younger as being millennials. Um, but yeah, no. Apparently we are. Yeah, apparently we are Xennials. We are in between Generation X and uh, Generation Y, or the millennials. And uh, I've seen a couple of different. I've seen a couple of different places where they say what those years are. And, and I think originally they said it was the generation that was born in between the star Wars movies. Okay. And they, they did 1977, 1983. Now I've seen, I've seen a a couple other places. that Yeah. What was that? No, I've I've seen a couple other places that say like 75 to 85 would be the the Xennials, but. and, And I'm okay if they look back in time and say, Okay, now after you know these people are in their 30s and approaching 40, <clears throat> some of us sooner than others. Yeah. But um, you know, <laughs> but as we approach that, now they're looking back and saying, okay, now we have you know we we have a little bit more of a sampling as opposed to just randomly saying, okay, well these years are gonna. It's like naming the decades. Mm-hmm. You know, sure we're talking about the 80s and the characteristics of movies in the 80s, but. You know, some of the early 90s movies still had the characteristics of the 80s and, and going back. So I, I guess if they're going to go and, and just go look backwards and, and redefine and say, okay, well, now there's this group called the Xennials. Well, obviously that group's always been there. So why are we getting a special name? Well, they've looked at the data and now this is how they're, def- I mean, I, that, make, that makes me have a little bit more faith in their their naming scheme than if it, if it was like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's 1978. We have a new generation being born. Well, the new generation is just being born. And even if you say that 10 years down the road, okay, the new generation is 10. I mean, they, they're kids. I mean, they, now that we're, you know, thirties and approaching 40 or maybe in the forties or whatever, now we can look back and say, okay, well, these are the characteristics that make up this generation. And I think I, I have a little bit more faith in that. So I don't mind about the new Xennial label. Yeah. Also, because when I read it, it was like, 
if you have a Hotmail account and still listen to music on a first-generation iPod, you might be an Xenia. And I'm just like, all right, well, check, check, Pat Kenny you Yellow. Know, you know what, I, so, I, I saw that one, too, and I was like, oh, well, okay, then Pat falls into that. <laughs> that's right, yeah. that's right. But, um, yeah, so I, that, that doesn't bother me quite as much, just because I think they're looking at it from a little bit more of a historical perspective. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Yeah, I just I figured I'd throw that out there since we're talking about Baby Boom, and that's a name of a generation as well as a name of a movie. But um, right. all right, so that is going to do it for our discussion of Baby Boom this time around. If you have agreed with what we've said, if you've totally disagreed with what we've said, you just want to reach out and uh, let us know what you're thinking uh, of the show, or if you want to join the conversation about any of these movies we talk about, um, please feel free to do that. If you want to go over to our website, pretty much everything we've got is going to be 30 podcasts, so three, zero, and the word podcast. Uh, We are 30podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. If you are maybe older than a millennial and still use email to communicate, feel free to go that way. Um, If you are really old school and you want to just go to a website, which apparently websites are old school, so uh, 30podcast.com. If you are more of a millennial or younger, um, actually probably just a millennial, you can go to Twitter. We are at 30podcast on Twitter. Um, If you are spanning a few different generations, you can go to facebook.com slash 30podcast. Uh, if you are a millennial or younger, you can go to Instagram. We are on Instagram as Thirty Podcast. So, see, I know, I know what all the, I know what all the kids are using. Yeah, and and we're we're everywhere. So, I mean, that's there's no excuse not to listen to our show and interact with us because we are out there for everyone, young and old. We don't care, ages four to one hundred four, whatever you got, whatever you want. Come right. listen to the show. What does it say? Because all the stuff you just said to me, I was like, were you even speaking English? Uh, so that, what, that, that, that means you know. you're definitely more on the X end of the Xennial. Right. I was <laughs> the exception. Yeah. The exceptional. Yeah. They, they, now, see, I, I got a little excited when I saw the Xennial that it started with an X because I was like, now that's my excuse to say that I'm an X man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, am I allowed yeah. to go around and, and call our generation X men? Like the, the males of the Xennial generation? Are we X men? I think. Can we, we claim that right now? Yes. I'm claiming it right now. Claimed. Pat, Done. you, you, I, Done. Jeff, uh, Dennis is too old, so he's not. Um, Dennis could be our Professor Xavier. He could be Professor he's, Xavier. He's already missing the hair. Uh, he's already messed up his legs a few times. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter <laughs> of time, probably. Um, I, I'm calling it right do now. We, to, are, we are basically the X-Men. Have, do I get to have superhuman mutant ability? Absolutely. Do you want to be Logan? I, can I be Logan? Go for it. You can be Logan. Oh, okay. I, I can be Logan, man. You can call me whatever we want. Okay, yeah, you can, you can be Logan. That's fine. I, I got to figure out who I want to be. Yeah, that one I'm going to have to think about. I don't know what powers yeah. I would want to have. I just I want to be able to fly. That would be kind of cool. So I'll, I'll think that about that cool. one. We'll, 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 we'll come back around to that one, but... Um, yeah. But anyway, in the meantime, if you want to listen to our show, you can just go directly to our website, 30podcast.com, and listen there. Or we are on several different services or podcatchers. We are on the Stitcher and Satchel players. We are on Google Play Podcasts. We are on iTunes. You can subscribe there as well. Um, and again, like I said, you can just go directly to our website and listen on 30podcast.com. So next time, we are going to be talking about Can't Buy Me Love. That's going to kind of finish out our money, money, money movies of November, dealing with money and business. Um, and then we are going to finish up the month of November. I'm not quite 
100% sure when we're going to record that episode with the Thanksgiving break coming up. Um, but we are going to finish up the month of November with a review of Justice League. And by then, we most of us should have seen it. So hopefully we can get Jeff in and then uh, at least the two of us in. And we'll you know see if we can grab Bo and Dennis as well. And we'll, we'll try to get that in there before the end of November. Um, and then December coming up. So if you want to look ahead to what we're going to be looking at in December and share some of that, uh, some of the conversations with us, we're going to be doing Fatal Attraction. And then uh, hopefully we're going to try to get everybody together and go see the disaster artist um, because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, we're going to. When does that come out? That comes out, I want to say it's like the first week of December. Okay. Maybe like the 7th. Again, it was the week of my birthday, so that's why I'm assuming that's that's my birthday gift from you is that you're going to buy my ticket to go see it. We will buy you your ticket, John. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's the first week of December. Okay. Yeah. So I, that one's, I think that one's gonna be kind of fun, but, cool. um, and then we're doing Ernest goes to camp, throw mama from the train. And our last one, uh, probably our last one for the year will be star Wars, the last Jedi. So that's what we got coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, the next, what is that? Six, uh, six or seven episodes over the next few weeks. That'll take us on in through the end of the year. And if you've got movies from 1988, that you would like to recommend for us. We are currently building our list of movies for next year. Uh, I think we've pretty much got January and February already kind of put together, but um, you know we are going to be building our list of the 1988 movies. So if you've got something that you would like to hear uh, that you is one of your favorite movies of 88, let us know. Uh, in any of those social media platforms, email us. Uh, we've had, we also got a voicemail line. I didn't mention the voicemail line, uh, but we've got a voicemail line too, and that number is on our website. Um, but yeah, let us know if there's uh, if there's movies that you're interested in from '88. Let us know, and we'll try to throw that in the rotation um, mm-hmm. because because uh, we love movies, and then that's just what we, we do. So we do we love movies? Okay. Um, Okay, so I just uh, just to throw this in here before the end, and, and she'll appreciate getting mentioned on the podcast again. Uh, I did get a text message from my lovely wife, who is upstairs and okay. can hear me through the the basement vents. Um, and the okay. text message was X Men. Really, you are in the basement next to the fuse box. Maybe is it maybe one of you? Uh, oh, maybe one of you could conjure up better digs. So maybe our maybe our power could be like to have a better studio to record in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Could do that. I didn't know at first when I read the comment about the fuse box, and she'll probably text me back about this in a second. I thought what she was saying was I should like grab the fuse box and let it electrocute me so I can get powers. I was going to say I, that that, that, that was my first in. thought when I read something about the fuse box. Real quick, I was like, oh well, that, I mean, okay, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Okay, she just texted me back. No, let's not do that. <laughs> you don't want to knock the heat off tonight. No, no, no. And I, I think I need to be holding like some volatile chemicals when I get electrocuted. At, at least that's what happened on the flash. So, yep. And I don't have any chemicals right now, so I think we'll just shy away from that. And yeah, just we'll just we'll just go with the name X Men. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Pat. And we'll be back here. Uh, we'll be back here next week for Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, John. Thank you. All right. We'll see you all next time. In the meantime, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. <laughs>